Hi, this is Des, and you're listening to Delving with Des podcast. Hi, this is Delving with Des, and it's Des, and today we have the Reverend Dan Barris with us, and he is the vicar, if that's the right term, at Port Macquarie <laughs> Anglican Church, and he actually has his wife with him as well. Kerry, welcome. Welcome to you Thank too. Thank you. It's really cool. So we're going to start by just talking about you, who you are, you know, your journey in life, and how you've ended up you know, where you are today. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's a bit bit eclectic, but thank you for having us on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, lovely to be able to uh, come and have a chat. And, yeah. Uh, as you said, the, um, it might be Vicar from where you are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we okay. grown up. <laughs> so uh, what, is it, what, is it, what is the right well, term? It, here they, uh, they use rector. Oh, okay. Or, um, it's normally a reverend or priest in charge. Ah, uh, uh, right. Yeah, okay. Sometimes you hear vicar, and, and even some will use father. And I, I occasionally get more folk. Well, I get folks that'll call me father as well. And, oh, right. Uh, which, so, is that not more of a Catholic term? Uh, it's normally associated more with uh, the Catholic Church. Yeah, um, and yeah. I think a lot more of the um, priests in the Catholic Church probably use father. Yeah, but occasionally yeah. we we use it in the Anglican Church as well. Ah, right. Um, I've often used it simply because. Um, more of a relational thing. I probably try to be more of that. Maybe I try to be more like the uncle that stirs all stirs people up and then moves on. <laughs> oh, but, uh, I'm not sure about the moving on <laughs> part, but the stirring up is good. Can I stir the kids up, hand them back. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really resonate with that that uh, relational side. Sure. So sure. So where did you grow up? What's your background? Uh, I was born in Adelaide. Um, we'll, we'll pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was enough churches in Adelaide. <laughs> no, that's for right. that to it's a city of churches. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So born in Adelaide, then um, parents uh, moved to Canberra. So we moved between Canberra and Goulburn. Oh, right. Uh, for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, up until we were about seven or eight. Parents split up. We moved back to Adelaide. Ah. And uh, because mainly all the family was around Adelaide. Yes. So then grew up there until I was about 18. Wow. Hmm. Well, I don't like the Goulburn part. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the old saying, I spent a week there one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it seems to be a lot of place, the, the place that people leave from. Yeah, that's um, right. But no, it was, it was good. Yeah. Um, Canberra was good, and, you know, good childhood memories for the most part. Yeah. Um, but mainly Adelaide was the most influential. So, so you, you grew up there. Was there a, a Christian influence in where you were growing up or not? Uh, yeah, when we started off in the Adelaide, in, in Adelaide, my um, parents would have gone to the Anglican Church, so oh, I, right. I was christened as a baby. When we went to Canberra, I believe we went to, my mum took us to a, uh, a church plant oh. that was in a school. Um, I think that was an Anglican one. Oh, right. But it was very laid back, oh. uh, from what I understand, um, or what I remember. It was very yeah. uh, little, yeah. but it was you know, influential there. When we went to Goulburn, we went to a Salvation Army church. Ah. So that was the first time that I got to see drums played in church, yeah, uh, yeah. outreach to Indigenous students and wow. uh, community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all this really, you know, kind of eclectic, you know, background and experiences with people. Sure. And I think even when my parents were going through a, a, that challenging place and uh, it was the church that looked after us. Oh, right. And it was the, um, when I needed the... The male conversation. Yeah. It was really the 
um, I think they were probably ex-prisoners and <laughs> that oh, were really? converted, yeah, you know, yeah. Christians that came and had a, a conversation with me. Oh, wow. I can just em- en- envisage my mum going, I need you to talk to my son. Uh, <laughs> if dad's uh, not here, uh, go talk to my son. Yeah. And they were the ones that were all tattered up and maybe yeah. had some rougher backgrounds. And But, you know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, in men's ministry, the one thing that we find is that the majority of men who get into trouble don't have father figures, strong mm. father figures, strong Christian father figures, to help navigate the tough things in life, and and you know and that's true of most men who sort of end up off the rails. And I can't remember what the statistic is, but it's something like eighty or ninety percent of uh, people who are in prison, men who are in mm. prison, didn't have a strong father figure. Yeah. So so it's amazing that that sort of statistic. Well, it makes sense. I think as men, you you need um, young men need something to push back on yes. or against, and having a positive, strong father figure role model to push back mm. on, mm. and that still loves you through it is obviously going to create yes. a dynamic tension in which you you do thrive, you grow. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, but the absence of that just causes more, uh, you know, emotional uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, and that waywardness as such. So, so you, you were in Adelaide growing up, uh, you know, in t- teenage years? Yeah, so there? from about 8 till 18. Um, so my dad had um, taken off. And so he wasn't involved in our lives for oh, a lot of that time. So I didn't right. see him from when I was like 8 till 18. Wow. Um, but had all these kind of other men in the church oh, that right. were the ones that right. were the, kind of the yeah. strong figures. Yeah. So where did you go to after that? You were 18, you were still in Adelaide. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, when we were in, uh, when we moved back to Adelaide, uh, yeah. went into the Baptist church. So I went to the Anglican church first, and we yeah. really just found it, it wasn't encouraging uh, right. for us. Right. Um, like, and my two sisters, so I've got an older and younger sister. Oh, uh, right. Uh, so my mum said, well, let's go to the Baptist church. And that was in uh, Seacombe Road Baptist, uh, which is really good. Uh, great experience. Uh, my youth leader was a biker. Oh, I've really? been in biker backgrounds. We did outreach to street kids. Um, oh, wow. Very practical ministry. Got yeah. involved with Teen Challenge. Um, oh, right. So, again, just a lot of great experiences. But, yeah. And, yeah, from 8 till 18, that was the formative time. But also being able to see strong role models in the church of older members that were very encouraging. So it was, yeah. it was quite a good community. Yeah, cool. So, so you really had a God awareness um, yeah. most of your life. Yeah, and it allowed me to, in that, as a teenager, I was quite an angry teen. Oh, okay. Um, pushed back a lot, caused trouble, got into fights. Yeah, and uh, because a lot of that was not having that father figure. Yeah. Um, so that raised a lot of kind of internal issues, sure. abandonment, etc. Yeah. Being angry, pushing back, found out when I was 14 that I had epilepsy. Oh, right. uh, so mild epilepsy, so I, I don't have seizures, but I've had muscle spasms all that oh, right. since then. So now on, what's that, 20, uh, no, 34 years, I'm 48. Um, and in a sense, it's that, once again, it's something you can't control. Yeah. Can't control parents splitting up, can't control father leaving, can't control yeah. your body doing what it's just going to do. Yeah. Um, so that lack of control just means you want to get yeah. angry. Yes, of back. course. Yes. control life in some way. Yeah. Uh, but it's all through that time, the folks in the in the Baptist church for me were a solid community. Yeah. They'd give me a foot up the bum when I needed it, <laughs> um, but also just encouraging. 
and my youth leader would pick me up on the motorbike as would yeah. other guys take me around the Adelaide Hills and yeah. uh, and just kind of love up on me. Yeah, oh, that's that's so good to have that. Actually, I had my my brother um, has been a Baptist pastor all his life in mm. Ireland. He's just retired. Um, and I was the very opposite. I was like, I was a prodigal son. I didn't want to end to do with Christianity until thirteen years ago, mm. when I gave my life to Christ. So it's um, it's an, an interesting journey we all go through. It's different for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's those things that really form your outlook on what's the church meant to be, or yeah. what are people, what is a community meant to be? Yeah, yeah. Um, what is uh. The different age groups, so the intergenerational yeah. community meant to be, and I think um, perhaps we've maybe grown up with a greater sense of that or image of that, yeah, tangible image of that, whereas a lot of younger generations haven't necessarily no. had that tangible um, image of what a, a healthy community can yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that is so true, and and you know the way families have split up over time, mm. they they just don't do community. Mm. You know, it used to be when I was growing up, all the family got together and we all sort of had you know picnics and all sorts of stuff together. But I notice now that, that you know they don't do that anymore. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, you know, even just from a societal point of view, as opposed to a Christian point of view, um, it's really unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, not only the gatherings, but how would you deal with you know perhaps you dealt with conflict in. Mm. In better ways, or yeah, no, exactly. We're talking with um, Reverend Dan Ferris <laughs> uh, from Port Macquarie, Eindigan, and we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Delving with Des. You're with Delving with Des, and we are back with Reverend Dan Ferris, who's the minister of Port Macquarie Eindigan Church. Welcome. Thank you. That's yeah, really good. So we talked just before the break about you know, you're living in Adelaide, about f- you know families and about community, and here you are today mm. uh, as an Anglican minister. Tell us how that journey came about. What were you, what were you doing <laughs> when you're in Adelaide, and how did that journey happen? I'll, I'll try and give the nutshell version here. <laughs> um, so about sixteen, we had Robert Kianja, an evangelist from Uganda. He came to Sycamore Baptist and encouraged me to get into ministry and preaching. I thought that one day I would get to Uganda as a missionary. hasn't happened yet. Wow. But um, God so can do that. He, there you go. <laughs> uh, so he came along and encouraged towards ministry. Got involved in the youth group, sure. in ministry, uh, just supporting and serving there uh, with my youth leader, Pete Jankovic, uh, at the time. And when we were in there... Was again challenged to step up in faith, step up in leading, yeah. uh, step up in ministry, um, and that was one time because he uh, took me to a mate's place and who quizzed me over my knowledge of the Bible, right. and I really came back with nothing. And he said, <laughs> "Danny, you know how do you, you know, you call yourself a, you say that you're a Christian, but you don't understand even the faith." In the Bible, you know, faith in God that you say that you have in the scriptures, you don't know it. Yeah. So that yeah. really challenged me um, to want to lean in. Yeah. From there at 18, uh, a youth with a mission group came oh, right. to Adelaide and I saw them doing things like um, street evangelism yeah. as clowns. 
I oh, thought right. they look they were they're more than clowns just because of the paint. I thought you bunch of idiots. <laughs> I thought I'd never want to do that. Sure. Uh, eventually went to YWAM and ended oh, did up you? Ended, yeah, ended up having to do street evangelism as a clown. <laughs> <laughs> like, God has funny ways of working. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> it's like uh, God does have a, uh, has a good sense of humor. Yeah. But that was with uh, YWAM in Melbourne, Surrey Hills Discipleship oh, right. Training School. Yeah. Uh, so did that for six months, went to Thailand for a month, Malaysia for a month, Darwin for a couple of weeks outreach. Um, wow. So did all the kind of I think of those three, Darwin would be the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was – so that was a great time. Yeah. Uh, so did that for six months, went back to Adelaide for a couple of months, went back to Melbourne, felt called to go over there, worked as the groundskeeper oh. uh, at there. And um, lo and behold, another discipleship training school comes and my wife, Kerry – I was on that DTS, and um, so I saw her, and I, what, even though I thought um, she looked, you know, pretty pretty hot, and I was like, oh, I need, I need <laughs> yeah, you can use that after, word. I need to chase after this girl. <laughs> um, our first impressions of each other was I thought she was a snob, and she thought I was oh. a moron. So oh, marriage, oh. you know, that's hard to get, reconcile those two. <laughs> relationship start, relationship started strongly. Yeah. Uh, so. But we got together um, yeah. and uh, just became real close friends. And even through a number of trials, like um, on YWAM uh, DTSs, they don't necessarily want staff and students getting together. Yes. yes. But um, for good reason. We did. Um, yeah. But we would end up playing cards, you know. Uh, and when the leaders came and they were, you know, doing the, the round searching, I'd run out the back door. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. so um, even though they didn't necessarily want us to get together, the Lord had other plans. Sure. So Kerry finished her DTS. We went over to Adelaide, uh, went over to the States where she's from, spoke or told her parents the intentions. Wow. Um, we, we actually had written to her parents oh. and uh, saying about wanting to just basic intentions. That's, that's very old-fashioned. Uh, yeah, but, old but, school. But so admirable. <laughs> was a bit old school. Uh, yeah, it is old school, but good. And good they said, school. well, you know, if we see you, we see you. Good. Yeah. I felt like I was meant to go over. My family and others thought I was crazy right. because we only had known each other by that stage for about five months, I think. Wow. And uh, but we felt like I was meant to go over. Next thing you know, we got the money um, from America for me wow. to fly over. Wow. Which meant that family and others couldn't say anything about no, it. No, exactly. Just like, oh, exactly. well, you know, yeah. it's provided the money. So I went over there. Decided to uh, just get to know family and friends. Yeah. Again, got had got had other plans. Proposed over there. Asked um, parents to if it was okay for us to marry. We we thought we were going to have a longer time. We decided we were needed to get married there. Wow. Planned the wedding in two months. So from time that we met to the time that we got married was about eleven months, something like that. So about 10 Denver, months. Yeah. <laughs> so that was at 19. Wow. And um, after that, we so we got married, came back to Adelaide for a couple of months. Uh, we're with Youth with a Mission. Yes. And then went up to Brisbane. Ah, okay. So from Brisbane, we were there two and a half years. Uh, Kerry worked. Um, for a while, I studied uh, with Table Bible College. Okay. And did some other work. We went back to America for four years, and I did a number of other jobs. Wow. Um, everything from um, 
career work to Christian bookstore, warehouse, customer service. Uh, we did youth work within just volunteer in Kerry's dad's church. Oh, right. And at that time we'd been in the Baptist church for a while in Brisbane. Yeah. Then for a time in the Wesleyan Methodist church. Right. Uh, but we, uh, when we went back to America, uh, Kerry's dad being an Episcopal or Anglican minister, mm. we went around some other churches but felt led to go back to their church. Yeah. So we were there. I found it really difficult to be back in the Anglican church. Yes. Because when you could say five words, they say 50. Um, <laughs> it felt like the same thing over. And I had a bunch of different judgment, judgmental um, opinions, I guess, uh, as to what I thought all of what they were not uh, rather than seeing what they were. Oh, wow. Yeah. So going in there, I had to put that aside because what I saw was a, a small church of, you know, like maybe 80 people doing the work of 300 people. There wow. was outreach to the community, um, our father's garden, where they gave all the fruit and vegetables and fish to the Sisters of Charity downtown. They wow. were doing overseas outreach to Costa Rica, Honduras. They were doing the local missions. They were doing mission uh, ministry into prison with Kairos ministry. Wow. And I was like, these people, they might be saying these words that seem to be the same thing over and over and the same formula every week. But these guys are living it out in yeah. a way that I've never seen in all the different churches and yeah. groups I've been in. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we can talk whatever we like to talk and we can go wherever we like to go, but, you know, the, the evidence of faith and the evidence of living a godly life is not the words, it's yeah. the actions. And I think this is where I started to see, although it took me two years, two years to be in the church before I actually became comfortable I love the people. I just wasn't comfortable with the liturgy, with the, right. the formula, the, the uh, structure of the right. Anglican Church. Yeah, yeah. So it took me two years before I could start to understand or have a love for that. Yeah. Um, but what I saw was structure that was partnered with um, gospel faithfulness. Yeah. And it had uh, exponential impact. Well, that's, that's amazing. That's yeah. really, really cool. We're going to take another break, believe it or not, that quickly, and we're going to come back and talk about how Dan ended up at Fort Macquarie. <laughs> we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Delving with Des. You're back with Delving with Des, and we're with Dr. Dan Barris from uh, the minister at Port Macquarie, Anglican. So I'm having difficulty saying that. <laughs> I, was, I was he's a doctor there. Yeah, yeah. I've just know. gone up in the world. I just don't know what to call you now. <laughs> so, uh, so you, essentially, you were struggling with the the, the Anglican order of things, yep. and and actually, I had a friend of mine um, who I was part of Hillsong Church for quite some years, and and I. Um, there was a guy who was in the business connect group that I was in and he he was in Sydney and he went to the local I think Warunga Anglican church and mm. it was quite formal. And so I asked him, you know, he's coming to this this connect group with, you know, Pentecostal guys and you know, yet but on Sunday he goes to this Anglican church and mm. he said, you know, he really loved the that um yeah. the liturgy, the structure. I mean that really helped him to worship God. Yeah, in in a good way, and so yeah, yeah, and I think this is the thing. What I found is liturgy, um, and there's so much breadth of it, takes you through a process uh, um, each time you worship. Yeah, and 
if you can appreciate it for all that it offers rather than just seeing what it isn't, yes, um, then what you find is a greater depth of discipleship and rhythm. Right. Explain to the listeners what you mean by rhythm. Well, each, each week uh, within a more of a traditional service, you would come through, uh, you always have scripture that's scattered throughout, uh, not mm. just reading scripture, but the reflections in prayers or in statements. Yeah. Uh, so you might open with a sentence of, the, of a day, which is a, a scripture statement. Uh, you might have a prayer which is built around the Psalms or some right. other um, statement from the scriptures of you know, Paul or Peter. But you also might finish with a blessing um, that has come from Paul to one of the, the early communities. Yeah. So having this scattered throughout... You constantly are engaged in it. Now, the difficulty is if you switch yourself, if you switch your brain off and switch yourself off to it, then it's just words on a page. Yes. And it's the same thing with anything that we do. Yes. You know, we all have liturgy in different denominations and mm -hmm. you can still switch yourself off rather sure. than engaging. But liturgy uh, is really the work of the people. That's what it means. Yeah, okay. And it means to, when you get there, regardless of what's going on for you in life, you're choosing, this is really the strength of Christian faith, we don't do it because it's emotionally just mm. pushed along like a wave. It's you, you're choosing to engage in your faith, and yeah. that's what happens when you come on a Sunday in liturgy. You're choosing to say, "I want to engage all of this because I believe the Spirit will uh, allow me to experience something greater and different each time." Wow, uh, um, the work of the Holy Spirit yeah. through through the liturgy. Absolutely. So you're taking through things that focus you on maybe a, in a particular way on a particular theme. Mm. Um, you're taken through uh, being challenged with a confession you know, each time to yeah. acknowledge the things that we've done or the things that we haven't done yeah. um, in our walk with God, but also to uh, receive this beautiful uh, absolution of going and having someone stand up there going, you may not feel it, that you're forgiven, but God says you are. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. we're here to remind you that. That's, that's good. Communion every week to be able to be gathered around the Lord's table and to understand you know, it's by his act of um, sacrifice. Yeah. We are the body. Yeah. Again, regardless of how we feel, yeah. whether we are ticked off at the person next to us. <laughs> it's just been I don't a, even know the person we, next to you. We don't know. It's, we're here, we're still the body because we're worshipping sure. together. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got all these kind of elements yeah, it's cool. Keep saying this is this is what a rhythm of Anglican liturgy. So does how for us. did um, how did Dan and Kerry end up in Port Macquarie Anglican Church? Um, well, after in America being taken to the Anglican Church, uh, we then came back to Brisbane for a number of yeah. years. Yeah, um, went back to the Anglican Church there. I worked in the credit department chasing people for money for a while. Oh, um, oh that was you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah you got that call from uh, beating on your door. Um, so I really, and in that time I was saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Oh, yeah. I uh, felt like yeah. I was to go into the police or maybe as a counsellor. Yeah. And the Lord just said, oh, look, what do you think of the gifts I've given you? I went through them and he said, well, what do you think I want, want you to do? Yeah. And I went, oh, right. I said a few other words, but anyway, <laughs> I won't repeat on, on radio. But it was funny because once again, uh, like that clown thing, I said, yeah. well, I saw Kerry's dad who being a priest, and I was like, oh, I would never want to do that. <laughs> so God, in his wisdom, went, well, hey, guess what you're doing? Yeah. So we called into ministry back in Brisbane, Right. Uh, went through discernment 
for a year, formation for three years. So one of those things, most people wouldn't know what they were. Yeah, discernment is just, you go through a year of being um, questioned as to, uh, is this real, like, is God really asking you to do this? Right. We think you're really to do it. Does your church yes. think that? Yes. So it's your local church puts you forward, but the diocese oh, right. who oversees it says, okay, well, well, we'll make a determination. Wow. And that's for a year. Yeah. Then you go into formation where you do your theological study for three okay. years. Um, and that, again, is a, as it says, for being formed uh, in what it looks like to engage in priestly ministry. And, and that's yeah. not just birth, deaths, and marriages. You no, know, of course. Uh, yeah. a, a whole lot of what does it look like to run the church, Yeah, uh, run a local community. And then you go into your curacy, which is you are ordained and, as a deacon, yeah, uh, and then you are ordained as a priest. So right. that's kind of like five, six years. Wow, that's a, that's a big process, it's isn't it? It's a long yeah. process. It's, I mean, it's a good process in yeah. lots of ways. I mean, I, 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 when I became a Christian, I, I went through and got an advanced diploma in ministry, um, and that would allow me to be a Pentecostal pastor, but it's not the depths that you guys would go through. Yeah, yeah we yeah. go through, as being an Anglican <laughs> priest, you go through a lot. Because you're, there's a lot expected of you. Yes. And I think it's, you know, as the scriptures say, you know, if you're a teacher, there's going to be a lot more kind of placed upon you. Yes, yes. Um, and, I, and that's not just uh, teaching from the front. You know, that's pastoring in a number of different ways. Yes, yes. Um, so in Brisbane, I went through that. In Ipswich is where I did my curiosity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then um, I don't think they knew what to do with me. Um, but <laughs> in I Ipswich always, or generally? Uh, just in general. <laughs> So, because I often would talk about and engaged in community ministry. Yeah. I love being out amongst the community, yeah. not just kind of preaching from the pulpit. And yeah, brilliant. So we yeah. would often do a lot of things out in the community. And then they, um, so they put me in, uh, in charge of a church plant in North Lakes. Um, oh, right, right. And uh, so we were there for uh, about almost 11 years. It was about wow. 10 years that we had been there, and, and but around the kind of just after ten years, we prayed and said, "Okay, Lord, are you, are you doing something new uh, in us, or um, are we to move on?" Right. Uh, and that ten years in North Lakes was again very formative. Yeah. Um, yeah. For understanding uh, church, local church ministry, yeah. church ministry in the com- doing it into the community or with yeah. partnering rather than just doing ministry to the community. Yeah. Um, and it was also really challenging to be able to go, what does a local, oh, what does um, ministry look like as an Anglican church yeah. now? Yeah. So, so port, port, where did Port Macquarie come into the picture? Well, after that kind of 11, uh, 10 years, um, yeah. we got a call from the St. Thomas Anglican Church. Oh, right. Uh, and uh, here, and, and the Diocese of Grafton, and they said, look, yeah. we want to ask you to consider. I come into Port Macquarie, and uh, that would be a really tough decision. Well, you know, it, North Lakes, Port Macquarie. Well, you know, it, <laughs> coming coming here now, you go, oh, there's there's 101 great things that we've loved about it. Yeah. Um, but at the time, we had our, you know, family, and yes. they're all and our, our boys and and their girls are, are back in in Brisbane, so that was quite a difficult. Yeah, for us, yeah. there was a lot of good ministry going on with the Lakes Anglican Church yeah, yeah. that we deeply loved and the people we deeply loved. 
So to kind of go, oh, well, you know, we'll turn to Port Macquarie. That was quite a big one. Yeah. And at first we were like, no. And actually they were, they had approached me five years ago. Ah, right, okay. Um, and at the time I went, no, because we we're doing some really creative and, and um, big steps with the YMCA. Yeah. Um, oh, the right. diocese, we'd purchased land. We're doing a lot of community ministry with the YMCA. So it was just underway. And that's why we said no at first, five years ago. But when it came around again, well, I was able to say to them, you know what? When not, I'm not the same priest as I was back then. Yeah. Carrie and I are in a different place uh, now. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of all came together and we thought, okay, this is the right time for us to be in Port Macquarie. Wow. Wow, that's great. We're going to take another break and we're going to come back and talk about the Heineken Church in Port Macquarie. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Delving with Des. Hi, you're back with Delving with Des, and we've got Dan Barris. I didn't put the reverend in this, Dan, who's <laughs> <laughs> the minister of Port Macquarie Anglians. Great to have you guys with us here today. Thanks. And so we've talked about your journey and your calling to the Anglican Church in Port Macquarie. To be honest, I don't know much about the Anglican Church in Port Macquarie, except it's up on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, tell us about the community. Tell us about the aims of the church. Tell us about... What difference you want to make in Port Macquarie through sure. the church? Um, oh, look, there's so much to be able to say. At the basic level, we have a, a 10.30 Wednesday chapel service. Right. A beautiful group of uh, humans that just love to come together and be encouraged. And uh, a lot of older folks will come to that one. Yeah. Um, we have a 8 o'clock service in the church building mm-hmm. on Sundays. So you get the old wooden... Boxes, it pews, it's <laughs> not just pews, you get like a, an absolute this kind of box that you have to oh. step into. Uh, uh, right, okay. There's not too many of these things around, and so it's so unique. And uh, it, it just makes for a, a greater kind of uh, old school yeah. feel and presence about the place. So that, But we have a lot of fun. So while we have a traditional service, every Sunday we're going to have some laughs. We, we're going to enjoy kind of worship with, uh, with the organ, um, you know, music. Sometimes we have our choir yeah. that's there. Sometimes we'll have um, a cello and you know, right. um, guitar going. And it's just and beautiful acoustics. And if you appreciate, I guess, that structure, it, it, that liturgy, and it want to experience something yeah. that um, of it's a beautiful group of people, but a beautiful way in which to worship that um, has been very similar to it for 200 years. Yeah. You know, the, the place is 200 years old. You know, to think about the thousands of people that have yeah. come through that place over that time, 8 o'clock service is just a beautiful place to come and, and worship. Cool. So it's more, it is more traditional, so we have the robes, but yeah. uh, you know, it just makes for a great, great time with people. Just, just by, by the way, I don't know if you've been in the local Baptist church. Uh, no, I haven't been to. Well, I know the um, the Baptist pastor is awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. But the interesting thing is that they have a massive pipe organ. Yeah, that's broken. All right, they they can't use it. And I walked in. I actually visited them once, and went inside and said, "Man, this is going to be so good with this massive pipe organ." Yeah, yeah. Oh, such a disappointment. No, it, it's <laughs> it is a shame. It's great when you you kick those things in the guts and they, yeah. and get oh, them they're, going. They're amazing. I think for us, one of the things that we love is celebrating the history. There are people that are in that fam- in the church 
they're not that old as the building. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. <laughs> but they have generations of yeah. family members who have been in there. Yeah. But you've also got the people who have just moved to town. Yeah. Um, and they they're coming. Uh, and a lot they've even uh, got ones who are young adults. Yeah. Exploring that they want to explore that. So I mean, I'd love to see more of the the young adults and the families yeah. who can appreciate that that uh, form, that structure, that rhythm. And they'll they'll have a good time, and so that's what, that's been lovely about the eight o'clock. So, what's the relationship between Saint Columba Einligan School and Saint Thomas Church? Is there a, a yeah. relationship there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the uh, see, the, they used to have schools operating operating out of the chapel, you know, years oh, right. and years right. ago, um, and out of the hall. So, it's had a history mm. of helping the or having schools run out of them. But about 20 years ago, uh, Reverend John Barrett, who was also the mayor at one stage here, yeah. began that school and formed St. Columba. Yeah. Uh, so for 20 years, they've had a relationship of supporting and uh, praying even for the land oh, right. um, that it was built before it was built on. Yeah. Praying for the students, teachers, parents, um, staff, you know, that. It's had a, a great history over the yeah. uh, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I get to be on the board. <laughs> With some just incredible board members, yeah. Uh, so I really enjoy being a part of the that's good uh, Saint Columba, yeah, uh, school in just a small way. I uh, actually pointed out an error on their website. Yeah, yeah, they had um, uh, Saint Columba originally from Ireland, and he was from Donegal ah. in Ireland, and. The, on their website, it says Donegal, Northern Ireland, and it's not in Northern Ireland. It's ah. in the Republic of Ireland. So I had to point that out to them. Well, good on you for pointing it out. <laughs> Very good. Very so, good. Uh, so anyway, just a bit of trivia. Yeah. So so um, I guess, uh, and we've only got a few minutes left, but it would mm. really be good for uh, what message would you and Andy and Church mm. like to give the community of Port Macquarie? So this is your opportunity to yeah. not not sell. That's the wrong word, but to you know encourage people to go to any church, yeah. which is good, uh, and in particular in your case, obviously the Anglican Church. Let me just say we also have that ten o'clock contemporary service. Oh right, okay, okay, cool. And so that's more just uh, focused on music and preaching, right? And right. we find a lot of people come from uh, other. Uh, different denominations yeah. to that as well. Ah, uh, cool. But they also want to understand a little bit more about the Anglican Church. Yeah. And I guess it's probably what I'd want to say is we are a community for people who are mature in their faith that can see all of the, the ministries and things that we do, whether that's the Emporium or Soup Kitchen or the reaching out into the wider community and want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of exploring their faith in a deeper way mm. as well. Um, the Anglican Church believes in scripture, tradition and reason, so we want to unpack a deeper yeah. faith and discipleship. Mm. But we also want people to have great experiences in building community. Yeah, Saint uh, Saint Thomas has been doing that for two hundred years. Amazing, and we're not taking the uh, foot off the uh, pedal now. <laughs> Good. So it's, if this is a place to come explore faith in, so talk a little bit about the community stuff. You talked about this food kitchen and uh, um, all the things that I know the Anglican Church does in the community. Can you talk to those? Give us maybe a list of them or um, yeah, to talk about those things. One of the biggest ways that we do that is um, through the soup kitchen. Wednesday, I was there this morning just oh, right. eating with some of the local folk. Uh, normally about 60 people, but it, uh, at the soup kitchen, three-course meal, 
Wow. But we also give out pantry items, yeah. uh, food to about 100 people. Wow. St. Columbus students come in and serve at the soup kitchen. Is that right? I didn't know At that. our women's event, we often give to um, external um, domestic violence groups. Oh, right. Uh, so raising funds for them. Wow. Um, so at the Emporium, again, we have a lot of people that will come through. And although that the money goes into the church, we also get a lot of people that are in need. Yeah. We're handing out donations and things through that. Wow. Uh, so there's just ongoing incredible amount yeah. that this little community uh, keeps impacting the wider community with. It's so important that uh, the churches do that because church is not just an isolated group. Mm. It must, to evangelize, it must link with the community in a strong way. Yep. And just in what you've just described, that's exactly what you guys do. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really cool. And then we want to use, I mean, there's four and a half acres in the middle of the city for people just to come and also hang out on. That's a really nice piece of grind, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so this is the thing we want to, uh, it, it's a place to come and, and to sense that presence of the Lord that's been there for that many, for 200 years and of doing life with people. And uh, yeah, it, it's just a great place to come and hang out with a bunch of group, a group of Beautiful people. Yeah, this is so good. We're so blessed to have um, Dan and Kerry, even though she hasn't said very much, uh, with us us today. It's been uh, great to have you. Thank you for sharing all your journey, and uh, we wish you well, and we look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks, Ryan. You have been listening to the podcast of Delving with Des. 